So, on the last podcast, I mentioned how I sent out a user survey to a number of people who were on Strava and Zwift Facebook groups and Reddit groups. I'm going through the feedback right now, and I just finished reading through all the answers individually for what problems uh, people have experienced with Strava. It was actually pretty interesting to get through. There were some surprises there, some things that weren't too surprising. I literally just finished reading them, and I'm recording this straight after. My initial reaction, the things that stood out the most, was that a lot of people have a problem with Strava um, ordering activities in their activity feed based on some algorithm that isn't essentially reverse chronological order. And I can understand that. Somewhere along the line, they decided it would be better or more engaging to order their timeline by some uh, algorithm. And that doesn't sit well with people. And I can understand that. It also has the effect of you lose people. If the algorithm decides that your uh, partner or your best friend or your buddies that you ride with aren't important in, in your feed on Strava, you may never see their activities. And that can be really frustrating. So people don't seem to like that. There also seems to be lack of support for activities like swimming and walking and things that are sort of on the outskirts of the mainstream uh, activities supported by Strava. So I would characterize those as running, uh, riding of all sorts, and possibly hiking. But swimming, walking, things like that aren't in there. There were quite a few people who mentioned pain having to do with Strava removing support for Bluetooth sensors on their mobile app. This happened sometime last year. They uh, were having trouble with connectivity to Bluetooth sensors on their mobile app, specifically for heart rate and maybe speed and cadence. And so they removed that functionality altogether. You can still go record a GPS-only workout on your Strava app, but GPS-only really only gives you a surface-level uh, analytics report on your workout. For people who've gotten used to running with heart rate or a foot pod or with speed and cadence and power on their bike through their phone, they feel like they've been robbed of a significant amount of functionality. So really interesting to see this stuff. The other thing that were consistent feedback throughout was that folks who use Strava and Zwift in both cases don't feel like they always have a great understanding of what they're getting for their money. So they don't really know what features are available to them, what they're paying for. And that seems to come back to they don't get easily digestible updates of functionality or bug fixes or whatever has changed in the software. And that seems like something that would be easy to overlook as a product grows large, because I would imagine, uh, particularly at Strava, they have multiple, multiple engineers working on the product, and it's hard to um, get a release notes from, from all of them when, when functionality is patched. So I can understand that. Yeah, that sort of sums up all of the problems that people had with Strava. The next thing I have to go through is what people like most. And then I also asked folks what uh, they think could be improved on. So I'm curious to see how the answers for the three of these vary. I'm going to record my responses as I read through them because I think it's more interesting to get this from me as it's still fresh. I did want to mention that of the 100-ish people who responded, the average distance they self-reported traveling uh, and recording via Strava annually is about 3,000 miles each. The variance on that is pretty wild. Some people reported 10,000 a year. Some people reported 500. But the average is about 3,000, which, you know, doing some quick math here, 3,000 miles divided by, let's say, 20 miles an hour is 150 hours or six and a half days a year they spend riding, which is quite a bit. Let's talk about the good things. So there was actually quite a bit in common from the feedback for things that people loved from Strava. And I guess that's no surprise. You don't get 50 million users without people really loving the things you're doing. 
One of the things that people expressed as a commonality was that the user experience on Strava was really good compared to other services. If you've ever used something like uh, Garmin Connect or Trainer Road or Training Peaks, you can tell that those are lacking in user experience. Even Garmin Connect, which may be the most modern of them, has sort of a disjointed, spotty feeling UI that's not nearly as familiar as something like Strava. People also really like the social aspect of Strava, and that kept coming up over and over in the feedback. People like being able to see what their friends are up to. You know, they, they like being able to share what they're doing without feeling like they're bragging and coming back and checking on how their friends are doing and seeing progress. Strava has some really great functionality for including photos of your rides, which seems to also help people share what they've done and, and let others feel some of the experience that they've had, some of the, the accomplishment that they've gotten done. Social was probably the most common feedback for things that Strava did great. People kept saying that they loved seeing all of the social features. One of the things that I actually put down as a quote from someone was that they liked Strava because it's social media without the typical social media bullshit. Um, I like that. That's actually really interesting. If you think about it, when you post on Strava, you're never going to see political nonsense. You're never going to get mired in arguments with your family. The comment threads are usually about how hard a ride was or maybe a story behind getting a flat tire or nailing a jump or even just finishing a race for the first time. You don't see the things that you get on Twitter and on Facebook and even to some extent Instagram. Of course, the one thing that I think drives the core of Strava is quantified self. People often spoke about the things they really liked that Strava does in terms of tracking their data. That's obvious, perhaps, but things like calories and distance and speed and personal records and improvements in times for 5Ks, 10Ks, that sort of a thing. That's some of the core uh, math that Strava does for you, and, and people really do appreciate that. It's good to know that people are actually going in and looking at that level of detail too. One of the things that I'm trying to be cognizant of is that as a user of Strava myself, my behaviors don't really represent necessarily the behaviors of everyone else who uses Strava. I love to get into the weeds of the data of my rides and look at how long I spent in each heart rate zone and how many calories I burned per hour and things like that, but I wasn't really certain that that was common amongst everyone. And while the feedback didn't necessarily show that it's common amongst everyone, quite a few people mentioned that they like seeing their uh, PRs or segment changes or how many miles they rack up for a week or a month or a year. So that was pretty cool to see. The last thing that was mentioned was the ability to find new places to ride. So Strava provides an angle of exploration. You can see where your friends have ridden by just looking at their activities. They also have the, the global heat maps tool, which lets you see where people ride most often in any particular geographic area. So you can see, you know, the really hot routes in your area for people who are doing mountain biking or running or hiking or whatever it may be. And that can help if you're new to a place or you're visiting or you're just looking to change up your routine, that can help you to find something new. That sense of exploration is something that should be familiar to you if you've ever ran or hiked or done any of these sort of outdoor activities. I remember very um, early on in my riding career feeling that I had discovered a different way to see the world, that riding on the roads on my bicycle, I'd take a turn just because I felt like it, and I would stumble upon something that I never would have seen in my car because I never had any reason to go on these side streets. Similarly with running, taking running paths or trails or whatever it may be, you see a totally different part of the world that you just zoom by at 40 miles an hour on any other given day in your car. Um, and, and it seems like people really appreciate the exploration angle within Strava too. I dig that. I totally agree. 
So the last little bit of feedback I asked for was a bit different from the first two questions. The, the first I asked was, what Strava doesn't do well or what problems people are having? And then I asked what it does do well, what people liked about Strava. The third question was subtly a little bit different. It was asking what the product is missing to provide a better user experience. And the feedback for that was interesting and, and actually a little more varied than the first two questions. When asked what's missing, people seem to be looking for natural extensions of the functionality they use most. So things like creating and editing routes for cycling or running activities, being able to plan your exercise before you go out and do it is important to folks. That seems to lend itself more to people who are into exploration a bit more. There are tools on the market that do that, like Komoot and Ride with GPS and a few others. And it seems that people would love to see that sort of functionality included in Strava. Along with that, along those lines, one of the things that people are interested in is just exploration of segments, being able to find more segments near them or ones that they might be competitive on or ones that they haven't ridden yet, et cetera, et cetera. It just kind of seems to be uh, something that's not really there in Strava. You can see segments, you can see which segments you've ridden, but you can't really find new ones super easily. They also want to see more activity types added. A couple of users mentioned that they use Strava to track their walking and that uh, Strava doesn't really use walking as a first-class citizen in the app. That may mean that you can't set it as a favorite activity or the default activity or whatever it may be. And so that is a bit of a turnoff. They're also looking for parity between the mobile app and the website. So being able to have the functionality that you see on the website on the mobile app is desired, although certainly not easy to do. As a software designer, I can definitely understand how it would be particularly challenging to put some of the things that are on the website on the mobile app. When you give up tons of screen real estate and are using sort of meat pointers like fingers to interact with the application, it becomes a lot harder to do things that are really fine grained, like looking at GPS points on a three hour long uh, run or ride, for example. We sort of mentioned this before, but direct messaging is something that people are looking for. So when you meet someone out on an activity, it would be great to be able to send them a message saying, hey, it was nice meeting you. Let's ride again soon. Um, but Strava doesn't really have anything that allows direct one-to-one -one messaging. And the unfortunate downside of that is that what people end up doing is exchanging things like email addresses or phone numbers in comments, threads on public activities. And that's just a little bit uncomfortable. Chronological feeds came up again. People really, really want to see their chronological feed, and they also want to be able to filter it down. And that may mean just showing activities from people who are doing the same thing as them, so running, hiking, etc., or something like filtering down the feed to people running in my area, for example. Finally, an interesting point that I saw was customer support. Several of the respondents mentioned that when they have problems with Strava, there's nothing they can do except for get on Twitter and you know, get angry or shout into the abyss at an email address that Strava has. Now, obviously, that's understandable. Again, 50 million users is so many people. And if they're all having problems, you're not going to be able to solve all of them. But, you know, maybe from my perspective, that's uh, an opportunity for an advantage. Engaging with people one-on-one -on -one when they have trouble or even just celebrating their victories is something that I could do and that I think that, that Pistola could do well. Last little bits of questioning that I asked people for that I think are interesting and sh interesting to share is value for money. Uh, for the most part, the people who pay for Strava seem to think that they're getting their money's worth. I'll, I'll post a picture of the bell curve on a blog post once I get through with the analysis. But the majority of folks uh, would rate Strava as 3, 4, or 5. The average rating was 3.2. And there was about 10% of people who seemed to think it was not worth it, voted a 1, or 12% who voted a 2. Out of five, that is.
Finally, when I asked people what they pay for other than Strava that's fitness related, the responses were really interesting. So I want to be clear that no one mentioned like their gym membership or something like that when they're paying for a fitness related service other than Strava. But 63% of the people who use Strava and pay for it also pay for something else. That's quite a few. And of those 63%, nearly all of them paid for multiple other services. So that means that there is uh, certainly an appetite for people who are willing to pay for Strava who want to pay for other services, or maybe not want to, but are interested in other services and are willing to pay if they deem that thing worth their money. So that's really encouraging, and I think that's going to give an opportunity to pitch Pistola as something that's worth the money, Uh, particularly if I'm able to take an angle of being super transparent with what we're doing and you know how we're building this thing in a way that is sort of self-funded. It might be appealing to people to be able to take on something as an early adopter and say, hey, yeah, I put some bucks in to support a cool project early on. And then sort of later on in the curve of adoption, it's more about paying for something that's building a movement. And then later on being able to say, yeah, I'm getting my money's worth out of this thing, you know, completely without without hesitation. So those are the survey results. Uh, My next step here is kind of to publish this episode as something that I think will be interesting to people who got the survey. I'm also going to summarize my thoughts in a blog post and send this out as an email to everyone who responded to the survey saying they're interested in hearing more. If you're listening to this, I'd love if you shared uh, this with uh, friends of yours who might be interested. And if you've got any feedback for me, you can jump on and send a message to Mike at Pistola.io. Until next time, uh, yeah, that's the survey results. So time for me to sort of ingest this and go and do something, make something happen. And I'm pretty excited about that. I'll catch you next time.